You are listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 94. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I am your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I am a business consultant and coach who has helped hundreds of awesome women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six-figure years without burning out in the process. Let's just say going into motherhood with my first child, Finley, I never thought I would be as lonely as I was. I never thought in a million years that I would lose myself that I would also lose friends, that my relationship with my partner would take a back seat, and that for so long, life was simply about survival. Add throwing in not one business, but two businesses, and also working full-time as a mental health clinician, and let's just say my life was pretty much batshit crazy. So as I was scrolling on Instagram one day, I came across the words, moms who whine. And I was like, oh hell, did I just read that right? Moms who whine. I was stopped in my tracks. I mean, when you have the words mom and whine in the same sentence, I had to know more. Enter Lauren Oliver. Lauren, you see, has created Moms of Wine as an avenue for moms to fill their cup and invest in their own self-care. And man, oh man, has she absolutely nailed it. I mean, it's not only a business, but more importantly, she's created a community for moms and She's done this by creating a bigger impact by uh, all proceeds, a 5% of that I should say to be exact, are donated to Panda. And Panda, for those that don't know, is the prenatal uh, anxiety and depression of Australia, which supports women and men and families all across Australia affected by anxiety and depression during pregnancy and the first year of parenthood. 5% of all proceeds she does this with Panda while still running a successful business and supporting moms. I mean, seriously, this lady's an absolute legend. Lauren is doing amazing things both in business and with Panda, and this is an episode that has pulled on my heartstrings. An episode where, yes, there are actually tears because what she's doing with other mothers and what she's doing in the business world is truly, truly inspirational. Today, we're going to talk about how she saw a gap in the market and created her business and the suite of services that she has now today, what her biggest challenge has been with scaling a business, not only here in Australia, but overseas. We're also going to dive deep about what advice she would give to someone starting out and wanting to create, a, you know, not only a community, but making an impact in creating that business. And I also want to dive deep a little bit more about the impact she's making because some of the stories she tells today will bring tears to your eyes. But before we hop straight into this awesome episode, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoy this episode, I would love for you to share your key takeaway, a fun fact, or anything you would love to share about the podcast over on your Instagram stories, and then tagging me at Angela Henderson Consulting. Not only would you make my day, but you would put a smile on my dial. Also, this episode is sponsored by my 12-month group coaching program, Profit Pillars, which helps women in business create consistent 5,000K months. My 12-month group coaching program is for specifically women business owners who are ready to take action to grow a sustainable and profitable business. They no longer want to play small. They want to step up and play big. 
The program includes a complete profit pillar training system, complete with videos, PDFs, guides, and more, monthly live coaching strategy sessions, monthly hot seat calls, monthly mastermind classes with guest experts, 24-7 access to our private Facebook community, world-class member support, special bonuses, and secret surprises, and so much more. To learn about my amazing 12-month group coaching program, you can head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and click on I Want Help Creating 5,000K Plus Months. Now, let's get into this amazing episode. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Goodness, it is an honor to have you here because let's be honest, as a mom, the loneliness is real. There's nothing else you can really say. The juggle is real. And that's so often we put ourselves on the back burner when we become a mom for, for multiple reasons. Our kids don't sleep. We don't know what we're doing. And again, the juggle is real. So when I came across Moms Who Wine, I reached out to you to come on the podcast because I just loved everything you're doing from building the community for what you stand for. And yet, and just, I think the audience needs to hear where your journey started, where it is now, because not only as a mom, there's so much richness in your story. And, and yes, yeah, so I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Oh, thank you. It's, it's an honor to be, to be on and to be able to share my story and hopefully it can um, impact those that are listening. You know, when I, I definitely think this is a belief people with bigger impact than what I think they think. So before we get started, though, I always like to ask a fun question to the guests that's coming on, because I think it's important that the audience gets to know you for a little bit about who you are versus okay. just like, hey, let's go straight into the podcast episode. So my fun question is, is obviously you're the owner of Moms Who Wine. So there only seems to be one simple question that I can ask, and that is, what is your favorite type of wine? Oh, Depends what day it is. Um, well, so, so I'm actually 12 weeks pregnant at the moment, so I haven't had wine for quite a while. But look, if it's a nice, if it's a nice warm day, can't go past a glass of rosé. That mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I, I do love bubbles. You do I love, love a good champagne. Yeah, I, I love a good champagne. Which, funnily enough this might be a bit controversial, but I only started drinking wine a few years ago. I was actually a massive <laughs> beer girl. Like I used to drink, like go to parties with a six pack of stubbies under my arms. So, <laughs> um, so I've definitely become a bit more cultured and uh, mums who wine has helped that. But yeah, probably can't go past a nice glass of bubbles. Yeah, no, fantastic. And side note, I was watching this amazing documentary. Obviously, France has some of the best wine, our champagne, do you know what I mean, and bubbles around the world. But because of the climate and everything that's happening, there, and the same thing, there's going to be certain types of crops here in Australia that will change also because of our weather patterns that are changing. And Mm -hmm. so actually, they're starting to grow different wine in, say, England and stuff, because their summers are coming sooner in in the way the winters are going. And so they're testing because they believe if the weather continues to do is that France potentially could lose the vineyards that they have and that England would be the produce, the, the main country producing because of the way the patterns are changing, which I thought was super interesting. Oh, it was wow. some national geographic I was watching one day. Oh. Uh, and so, yeah, so total side note, but it is wine. So I thought I'd throw that little tidbit yeah, out there, no, but it makes sense though, that, that. same thing that again, if, uh, you know, Cans, for example, who does a lot of the mangoes first and the bananas, what they're saying is, is that different parts of Australia would then be known for different types of crops. So uh, yeah, side little note as we go there. So now what, moms who wine, I'd love to know kind of where did you start in bit like not even business, like did you have a corporate job? Has the business been something you've been doing for a while? Like tell us a little bit more about Lauren and where you've come from and where you are now. 
Yeah, sure. So I was actually a corporate lawyer. So I practiced for 10 years as a work cover lawyer. Um, I was specialized in psychiatric injury work cover claims, and I was doing that for 10 years. And then Mums Who Wine came about when I relocated with my husband and small son, Thomas was 15 months, relocated from to a new area to be closer to the city because I went back to work full time. Mm-hmm. So I left my friends, my family, my social network uh, because we had to make that decision for our family so that I could cut down travel time. And what I realised is when I was working full time, I couldn't go to play groups, I couldn't go to mum's groups and I didn't have any friends because I had moved to a new area. So I put a call out on a local mums and bubs Facebook group and said, hi, ladies, I don't know anyone. Would anyone like to have a glass of wine? And thankfully, people wrote back and um, I, and I organised a dinner at our local wine bar and eight mums came along and I thought, great, I've made some friends, job done. And then I had um, people contacting me saying, are you going to do another one and I'd love to come. And so that just sort of evolved and I started a Facebook group called Inner West Mums Who Wine which because I live in Inner West Melbourne. And that group within I think in 18 months grew to over 2,000 people. Wow. Events, the events were selling out in 45 minutes. It was crazy. And I was doing this all while still working, obviously, and a couple of friends sat me down and said, you need to start a business, like there's something in this. And I said, well, no, like I'm a lawyer. What do you mean? (laughs) I want to be partner. I'm on that corporate trail. And I'd I'd never thought of making it a business because I didn't start it out that way and I never wanted to really make money from this genuine need that I started because of me. But um. Yeah, anyway, I, I sat down and I thought about it and long story short, I started, I launched it the same, actually the same week that I went back after having my second baby. Uh, he was only six months old. Why not? Just Yeah, go, in, go all in. Yeah, exactly. And I launched the business and that was just over two years ago and I, after six months I quit my job as a lawyer and I do this full time now. Gosh, well, how amazing is that? You know, you uh, the, people always think that the corporate life is just so bells and whistles. So I guess my question is, is since leaving, because I too have left my corporate role as a mental health clinician of 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen, it, it, for me, it was personally like refreshing. I love that I can just kind of, I can get to my kids' school whenever I need to. Mm-hmm. I get to make my own schedule. The one thing I do miss though, is I miss the lunchtime laughter. Like I miss mm-hmm. yeah. c- connecting with friends and you just, for that one hour, you're like, like, you know, it's your lunch break. And like, we would laugh, like we would belly laugh with tears. Right. <laughs> and so, and the, there is an essence of, you know, we are talking about mums who won, but I, and, and mums being that essence of loneliness, but I do think there's an essence of loneliness as a business owner too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not talked about nearly as enough. A, a good friend of mine, Cherie from Digital Picnic was talking about it on our yeah, Instagram stories the other day about the loneliness is as your business grows, there's a level of loneliness. Like you kind of lose some peers, you lose things because you're in a different phase. But I also think there's a level of loneliness when you're starting out. Uh, I think the loneliness happens to each of us. It's just different because of the different stages, but it is something that I don't think business owners talk a lot about and they question or get a little bit paranoid. Like, is this normal? 
should I be feeling this way? And then you kind of second guess yourself. But I just want to say for those of you out there, regardless of your mom or business owner, is that the loneliness is real. Uh, and that as much as we're going to talk about building tribes and things like that with moms who want, I would equally be encouraging you to build your tribe within your own business network. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, our husbands and wives, they don't really, they don't get it. Our friends, they're there to hang out and connect with us. They don't really want us talking about business. Yeah. So that loneliness, it's a real thing. Would you, would you agree? Oh, a hundred percent. And that's something that like, I've always, I mean, obviously I'm very social, hence why I, you know, run events across the country. But, um, I, I had, I loved the, cause people said, oh, you know, did you not like corporate? And I said, look, I, no, I, re- I loved my job. I loved the social aspect, the long Friday lunches, um, the corporate lunches. And I have definitely experienced that loneliness. I mean, I work, I'm not even in an office. I work from home on my dining room table, my husband's at work, the kids are at like school and daycare. And yeah, it, it is real. But that's why I've made sure that I um, really try to connect with other business women who are going through the same thing to be able to talk and share and go, you know what, this is, you know, only a few weeks ago, I think it was the pregnancy hormones, but I was like, I'm ready to give this all in because I just can't handle this anymore. And to actually go to people and they're like, we know we've been there, but look at the impact and just kind of pep you up a bit. It's it's really integral. So definitely find your tribe of business women, businessmen, the people that get it. Yep. And if we go back to the corporate side of things, you know, there, there's, uh, how do I say it? There's so much more out of the world of corporate, right? Like I think we think that that's our only way in, 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 living our life, right? So if you're out there and you're still working, whatever type of job it is, just know that, trust me, sometimes you got to double down on yourself. You got to back yourself. But I will also say this if you're in the financial situation to be able to leave your corporate job, that's rock, like rock and roll it. But there's a lot of gurus out there that will say, leave your nine to five and you're going to kill it. You're going to make money. And in my experience in seeing women who have done that, I probably shouldn't uh, have laughed that, that hard. But. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that. They, uh, you know, these gurus that are saying this aren't doing the full context. Like they're where they're at now and they've got funds to be able to do that. But a lot of times if you're bootstrapping your business and you're going to jump straight from corporate and think that you're just going to be making 20, 30 K a month and everything's rocking and rolling, unless you've got funds in the bank to do that, just be mindful. Cause I'm not a, I'm not at one to push, just jump, leave the nine to five, unless you've got a bit of funds available. That's all I'm saying, because it oh, is a, as I'm sure you know, it's uh it's, it's, been, it's not, oh, it's a slog. It's a massive slog. And, and look, we didn't, um, you know, if I think if we had our time again, it was really a huge step of faith and it was more because totally. the impact that it was having, I knew I had to, it wasn't because it was making money. It was because I just knew that I had to, there was just a bigger need that I needed to fill. And it has, and when people go, do you miss corporate? I'm like, I miss the money. It's been really, you know, I'm going to be really honest. It's been really tough on my family because I was the main breadwinner. And um, we just, and we also had an investment property that was tied up with council. So it was sitting empty. So we were paying that, we were paying rent. So we got ourselves into a significant amount of debt. We actually, we sold the investment property. We've paid off all of our debt. Um, and it's, but it's, yeah, it's definitely been a very challenging two years, but I think that's also been part of the journey. So it's, it's totally. not like I'm like, yeah, I had a hundred cases. Baked beans. I, I, I laugh. I'm like, I never answered private numbers because it was credit card companies chasing me. And that's the thing that people, again, that highlight reel of Instagram, 
people are like, oh my gosh, Mums Who Wine is like booming and it's amazing. I'm like, yeah, but I can't pay my credit card bill or I can't, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm worried. And I, Cherie's actually amazing like that. I love her posts and she's like, she spoke about recently when she took her friend, um, her team out for dinner last dinner, Yes, yeah. Held her breath hoping that it goes through and I'm like, that's literally me every day. Yep. So it's the struggle is real but I knew that for me and it was actually my husband that encouraged me to quit, which was great that I had his support when I was the main breadwinner. That's so lovely. And I just had to do it and I, I don't regret it but, it's yeah, it's, it definitely hasn't been an easy journey. It's been tough, yeah. And, and I kind of got the... I would get the opposite because I loved my mental health job so much. Like just again, like knowing that you're helping people or getting them funding, it was really important. So I also got a lot of crap from people going, well, aren't you sustainable enough that you can leave? And I'm like, but I actually like doing what I'm doing. Like, it's cool because in the government job that I had is you obviously had your normal four weeks annual leave, two weeks sick leave. But then I had one registered day off a month, which was great. And then I also, then you had all the public holidays. And then I also had this thing in the government that you could buy, which was called purchase leave. So I could buy extra leave. So I would buy an extra eight weeks leave. Um, So the reality was, is I wasn't at work for four months of the year. And the way the purchase leave is, is you would just say, take, I think it was $75 a week. They would take out of your pay and put it into this like kitty. So when you took those extra weeks worth of work off, you were still getting paid. Um, And so for me, it was like, well, hold on a minute. When people would kind of give me crap about it, I'm like, I actually am able to grow my business, have all this time off that's still paid to be with my family and go to Bali or whatever, but I didn't have to like put that extra pressure from a financial strain on them at that time, right? Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so no, so it is, it's, you know, just, I always say, do what's in your gut and do what's best for your family, right? Like, you know right. what is, and sometimes you can get too many opinions from so many people that it becomes <laughs> over swarmingly in your head going, oh, I don't know what to do. So, okay, so no, well, so, so was there a pivotal moment though? We were like, shit is real. I got to jump. Like obviously you said your husband was quite supportive. You identified a gap in the market, obviously very early on for yourself when you're like, listen, you reached out to that wonderful group. You created the dinner, but yeah. was there like a pivotal moment where you're like, that we're game on, this is real. Cause it was, it, was it just about making friends or was there an essence of like anxiety or depression or anything there where you're just like, I'm going to go downhill or I think before when we were talking before we press record, I think you used the word shell as like, you felt like you were a shell of a woman. Can you talk yeah. about that? Like what was there a big moment or was it just like an accumulation of things? Uh, I think in terms of like realizing the impact that it was having, like I would, um, as I said, like I started it more, not out of a selfish need, but like a genuine need in me that I really just wanted to meet some friends in my local community But then when I started it and it was building, I would have mums literally come up to me. I was, oh, I'm going to get teary. Um, Come up with tears in their eyes and just say, thank you for starting this. Like I made a friend tonight. And that would just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I would, and then I'd go back to my corporate job, which, you know, I wasn't really, like I was an insurance lawyer. I wasn't really changing the world. I was making the rich richer, the poor poorer. And it was just really impacting me and then it got to a point where I um I I went back to work after having my second son and it was like the rose-coloured glasses had come off and I was just looking around and 
I had always wanted to be a partner. I had always been very, very ambitious and driven. And I just looked around and I just went, I don't want to do this anymore when I know that I can be having a greater impact. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting home from work and this was the pivotal moment for me. And I'd worked a don't even know, like I, I hadn't seen the kids. I'd left in the morning. I'd got home late at night and I got my laptop out and went straight to start working on Mums Who Wine and Mark said something to me and I just snapped and I'm like, do you understand how much pressure I am under? And that's when he just said to me, just quit. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what, what do you mean just quit? And I looked at him with utter disdain. I'm like, I can't quit. And we went out and he, got, and he kept just saying, just quit. And I said, but I'm the main breadwinner. We want to buy a house. We, and he's like, so we keep renting, just quit. And then the biggest thing is then when he, he said it and I said, I can't quit. What would people think? And that's oh, when, interesting. Yep. Yeah. And that's when I realized that I was so driven by what people were thinking. And, you know, when I used to say that I was a lawyer, I got like people went, oh, really? And that really fed something in me. But then when I was faced with, you know, I could have, like partnership was definitely on the table for me. I just got a multi-million dollar client. Everything was ticking along nicely. But then there was this whole new thing that like this incredible community that I'd built. And like I, I shared with you, like Billy, my youngest son, didn't sleep for two and a half years. And that's what I was a shell of a woman because I was, what I wasn't sleeping. He wasn't sleeping. I'm trying to build a business. I was trying to work, be a lawyer. And that's when I just went, you know what? Like at the end, and I say this and I say this very seriously, at the end of my life, if one person gets up at my funeral and says that their life was made better by something that I did, then that's job done for me. And that wasn't happening with me being a lawyer. So I, yep. Yeah, and I said to Mark, I'm like, what, how do I even quit? Like, what, what do I even say? And he's like, just go in there and say that you've started this business that is changing the lives of mums and just back yourself. So I did. I went in the next day and I quit. And it's been the biggest, like, it's honestly been my greatest step of faith. And I feel like God, the universe, whatever you believe has totally backed me in it. Um, but it's been an inc- yeah, a huge journey, but it was that pivotal moment when I realized like, I can't do it all. And where, where is the need? And, yeah. and like when, like you said that I hit the market and I say this regularly, I say, I recognize that I hit a niche, like from a business perspective, but more importantly, I hit a need. Exactly and right. There's like, We've connected over like probably nearly 10,000 mums across Australia. As I said, we've raised $30,000 for Panda. And I have messages daily from mums just like thanking me for starting it or like, when are you coming to this area? I've had people from all around the world saying, when are you bringing mums who wine here? And I was just like, you know what? I just have to do this because, and I always say as well, like, you know, some of our events, we have 300 mums come, some we have a dinner of 10. It, it really it doesn't matter. But I would say if one person leaves and they've made a friend or they've felt a bit better about themselves or they're a bit better mentally, then it's worth it. And I think that the money and the all of that will flow. If you are really following what you believe you're meant to be doing and you're passionate about, then the rest will flow. So let's let's just rewind a little bit because not everyone might be familiar with Mums Who Wine and what that looks like, right? So can you tell us a little bit about 
it obviously started off just, you know, eight women going out to dinner. And then yep. obviously you then, then what was the progression? So, because it's like, you help hundreds of women now on a, on a monthly basis, all right? Daily basis, you're helping them, you know, in multiple different ways. Can you talk us a little bit about started there, but then what has happened and what does that look like? What has it evolved into now? Sure, definitely. So, yeah, so it just started obviously with the events in my local area, but then, what what I'm really passionate about is encouraging mums to invest in their self-care and their mental health. So I'm like, how can I do that? How can I create this business organisation that does that? So what Mums Who Wine is, is that we obviously are an organisation passionate about encouraging mums to take that time for themselves away from their children, you know, so it's for them, for their own mental health. So we have an annual membership, which is $59 a year, and we partner with hundreds of businesses around Australia, which are all all equally share our passion for mums to take this time out. So they, as a member, you go in and you flash your key ring and you get a VIP benefit. I don't like the word discount. It's actually, you're a mum, you're a VIP, you're having some time for yourself, so you should be treated like one. Yep. So for example, it's like you might go get a free coffee, you might get a discount at the gym to encourage yourself to go and work out, um, local boutiques, all things like that, all focused on self-care. We also um, host events all around Australia. So we've launched in eight locations. So obviously Brisbane is one of them. We're in four states. but um, And then we host, yeah, these regular events, which is to encourage mums to get out, have a night for themselves, connect with other mums. And we also do pop-up events. So we travel. I travel around Australia in, to go to new areas, particularly we're hitting a lot of rural areas where there is a lot of isolation, there is a lot of mental health issues. And we also, we run retreats, uh, but most importantly, we donate 5% of all of our proceeds to Panda, which is Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia. And as I mentioned, we've raised over $30,000 in two years for them which is amazing. Amazing. Like, hello. So awesome. So, so many levels of awesome. And I guess, you know, it's you, you're making, I guess for you is it's not just like you said, it's not just a business, but it's about how can you make that bigger impact? Mm -hmm. And for you is how did you know, or when did you know that it was time to kind of, you know, start, did you always tee up with Panda from the beginning or was that a, again, a progression in time? Because I, my big thing is, is I was just speaking at an event last night and I was talking about, regardless of how big or small your audience is, your email list is, et cetera, we all are passionate about something and we're very fortunate enough to live in a world of technology actually and some benefits of it. There's some that aren't, but in this instance, it's a great because you've got a platform to, to, to talk. Mm-hmm. And my yeah. biggest thing is about raising awareness of mental health. As we talked pre uh, hitting the record button, eight people take their lives every single day mm-hmm. in Australia, eight people, yeah. which works out to about on, you know, unfortunately 3000 plus people in our country are dying every Every single year because of suicide and it, it's it's a massive you know what I mean it's an epidemic really for many things especially when our world is getting more and lonely more and more lonelier uh, with more and more technology there's direct correlation with those two so yeah. how did you decide to use your business as a platform to create change and have that bigger impact in the world when did that come for you well when I made the decision to make it into a business I've always been someone that has donated to charities or different things I always just want to you know I always want to align myself with a greater 
greater good and a greater cause. And I knew that when I created it as a business and it was going to be generating um, money, because obviously the, for the years, couple of years prior when I was doing the events in my community, I never made any money. It was just a community-based thing. So I, um, I, I thought, okay, well, what is my mission and what are my values? And my, my mission was to um, obviously to connect and to get mums out during a difficult time, you know, usually when they've got young babies, but not, it's open to mums of all ages. And I did a bit of research. I personally haven't suffered from postnatal depression, but quite a lot of my friends have. And as I said, I know there's a lot of stigma associated with mental illness, but particularly I think when you're, um, when you've just had a baby and everything's meant to be amazing and, oh my gosh, you're so blessed. You've got this baby. Well, yeah, but what if, what if you don't feel like it, you're blessed because you're not coping? So I contacted Panda. Um, I did a bit of research into a couple of other organisations, but Panda really resonated with me. And I remember speaking to David Sutherland, who I deal with, and we had a really long chat. And the first and foremost, I said, look, I'm very aware that there's alcohol in the title, Mums Who Wine. I know the association with depression and alcohol, but it's just the name because that's evolved from the group that I had. But, you know, our focus is on connection. And so we had that conversation really early and they've just been amazing. And I'm so thankful that I've aligned with them because even though they're a national organisation, they're really quite small. And I, whilst I was on the phone to you, I literally just got an email through from David thanking me for the donation for our self-care saves campaign. He calls me after every donation. He checks in. He even says, like, how's your self-care going? I know you're working so hard to raise money for us, but how are you going? And, yeah, they're an incredible organisation. And the biggest thing is not a lot of people know about them. And I know that from... From our social media posts, we try to put up a lot of stuff up about Panda where we can, and people have actually um, people have contacted me and said, "I didn't even know about this, and I didn't know about Panda because of your post." I'm going to see my doctor, and I'm like, "Wow!" Like, and that is like That's you said, so powerful using that platform. And I feel that you know, if I can, if I can be a voice in in this society and and these communities, and that people trust me. And I take that role very seriously. Like I don't look at myself as like an influencer trying to sell products or anything like that because that's not what this is. It's about, you know, encouraging mums to take time for themselves. And I just, I honestly think that this is, if if you look after yourself, you know, you're going to be a better version of yourself, a better mum, a better partner. And not only are you going to be impacted, but your family and your community. So it's only going to have a positive effect. 100%. And yet it's, it, it, but the guilt, right? As moms were like, damn, you know, we are, guilt. Ah. You know like, oh, two hours. But if you, but like, if you think about pre-kids, we were quite happy to go do X, Y, and Z. Like there was never a question, right? But it's like when oh, you got that other little I'd person. sleep until midday. Exactly right. It was, bed. yeah. Oh. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go get my, like, Makeup, hair, most people who've listened to this podcast know it's not on my top priority. I'm normal, like I'm in like whatever you call these legging things and a t-shirt and I just happen to have my hair down because I was at a speaking event last night. But most of the times I'm in a hoodie, right? But yeah, I would still get my, like, I don't think I've been to a hairdresser in probably five months, but again, it's not a top priority, right? But mm-hmm. back in the day, 
it was no problem. Like you were going every four or five weeks. Like it didn't matter. You just, you made that time. Right. And there is this shift when we become moms. And I also think we kind of lose our identity a little bit and where do we belong and what does that look like? So to have a platform and a community for moms to go to through moms of wine is such an amazing opportunity because your confidence starts to increase again. Those connections start to increase everything just collectively starts three C's collectively. It was like confidence. What did I say? Confidence, community, and collectively I was going, that's a weird little combination that I was saying. Um, But you get the point, right? Is that it's such a beautiful way for them to go, hold on. And that was one of the things I've had actually a few business owners who have just had babies come to me and they're like, in a nutshell, they've said something similar, but you know, thank you so much for showing me that I can be a mom, but equally be a good business owner Mm -hmm. and that it's okay. And even when I talk at presentations, I have a picture of Finley and Chloe up and I say, yeah, these are my, you know, beautiful little souls, but they're not all of my why. And Mm -hmm. as a mom, I had to learn and give myself permission that they're just part of my why. One day they're going to leave. And then what would my why look like if I dedicated everything to them, right? And so that was for me, all right? Everyone's why is very different. But it was, yeah, and people are like, oh, you know, when you said that, it made me think about X, Y, and Z. So thank you for that, that you can be a mom and you can also be a good business owner. So it's, uh, yeah. And I think, and this is the biggest thing, which is what I'm wanting to create, is that if, if mums actually go, and this is why our events, they're once a month or once every two months, it's two or three hours. If you actually go and take that time for yourself, you actually come home and you're a better mum because you totally. filled your cup and it's that whole, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, but it's true. As mums, we're so self-sacrificing. We give, we give, we give. And then when we do want to take time for ourselves, and I felt it as well because I was working full time and then I'd come home and I'm like, I want to go see my girlfriends and have a glass of wine because that's the way that I fill my cup. And But then I'd feel guilty because I'm like, I haven't been home with the kids, but I knew that I was going to be better. I would miss them. Like I... I think that, and that's a big thing why I'm wanting to create this and that whole mummy guilt, spending, even spending money on yourself. And this is why, you know, we, for example, we um, partner with a lot of day spas because I'm like, you know what, why don't you go get your massage and you get a free facial and then you're going to feel better, you're going to be pampered and then you're going to come home and you're going to see your kids and you're not going to be resentful because you feel like rubbish because you haven't done anything. You've actually taken some time for yourself. Exactly right. It's kind of a win-win, but it is that that mummy guilt. Oh, it's a killer. It's a true, it's a real thing, people. (laughs) It's a real thing. And until, and again, for those of you that don't have kids, that's totally okay. But it's for those that are out there, you're probably shaking your head going, yep, this shit is real. It is like as real as it comes. Now, when it comes to obviously going, leaving corporate, then creating this amazing business, what has been your biggest challenge when it's come to to scaling your overall business? Because obviously you started out in, you know, a local location and now you're all over Australia and I think New Zealand also. So what has been your biggest challenge when scaling it? I think the biggest thing is, you know, I'm I'm only one person and I have I've never I laugh I've never been good at delegation um even when I was in corporate I had my own PA and I used to do a lot of stuff myself because I thought that was easier but um <laughs> just actually so I, I have ambassadors in all of the different areas where I am and actually just relinquishing some of the control to to give to them and that's why our strategy moving forward for 2020 I'm actually empowering them in a whole new way to build their 
build their community um, because it can't be so reliant on me because I'm wanting to go out and expand more. Um, but it is just that scaling it and making sure that it's, um, you know, a few people are like, oh, my gosh, you're going so so big, so quick. And I'm like, but I'm going big because there's the need there. Like people are begging me to come. So it's not like it's like, oh, I'm going to go here because it's going to be financially viable. But um, I think it is just finding the right people, which I'm, I'm really lucky that I, I have, um, and finding, because this isn't just like a normal business. It's like, for example, of the events, I stand at the door, I welcome everyone. Um, you might, I put a post up a couple, yesterday, I think about four mums came on their own to our event on Saturday in Ballarat and I made sure that I connected all of them. They then became friends and just people that are socially aware of, you know, making sure that everyone's connecting and it's not like a business thing for them. It's, yeah, just finding people that share my heart and my vision, I guess. So it's just, um, but I think probably it is delegating and relinquishing control, which I am getting better at. And I think especially now that I'm 12 weeks pregnant with my third baby I realized that I'm definitely not going to be able to do it all but that's why yeah just finding the right people that that can support you and actually also just making some decisions like a couple of events I've just had to cancel and I'm like you know what I just it's just not going to happen and being okay with that and it's not a failure it's just part of the process yeah and it's like the lessons right I always look at things it's the lessons we need to do better right it's not a failure or a mistake it's what do we need to learn from this and for me to for me uh in the year of 2019 it was all about fail fast but fire faster actually because I had started delegating all right and some of those people weren't doing what they needed to do and then I the, the opposite came is then I was like great well I'm hired now uh but and I was starting to delegate but then I was like well this should be the end of it. But then the problem was, is they then weren't doing anything. So then I was like, okay, well now I've got a different type of problem that I've got to work through. Right. So it was like, you know, and this is one of the things that, um, Sheree and I had briefly spoke about at the retreat was that you go from employee in your business and like solopreneur, then you start moving to like that kind of CEO realm. Right. But when you move to CEO, you also have to become a leader. Mm, and there's yeah. no manual for that shit no. and you're just kind of like oh so okay and then some days like I know I've got my team too that works with my amazing intern Aaron and I Katie but and sometimes I think oh, I'm not probably giving them enough like I think they're probably like good morning like and we don't meet every day like they're contractors they do their own thing but I think like probably need to step that up a little bit right like I'm not really because I've been so used to just being in isolation uh but if I think of them they're probably like oh no it would be great maybe we all need to yeah, so it's something I'll be working on in yeah. 2020. But uh, yes, it's, a, it's an interesting type of field is that just when we get good at one thing, and that's the thing is they don't give you a manual for this owning a business I scenario. I know. And this is the thing. And like people say to me like, oh, so were you, were you in marketing? Were you in PR? Were you in events? And I'm like, I was a work cover lawyer. I am literally throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And some things that I think are going to go really great, like some events I put out there, I'm like, this is going to sell really well. And that's another thing. like when you're um, marketing to mums, mums buy things at the last minute because they've got to work out what husband's doing, what the babysitter's doing and all of that. So even that in itself is stressful because I'm like, I need numbers, I need this, come on. They're like, yeah, I'm coming. I just haven't bought my ticket yet. I'm just like, oh. So it is just like seeing what works, what doesn't. It's it's a big it's a big yeah, test. A lot of learnings. <laughs> it is so much learnings. And it's just, yeah, you got to throw it out there. But again, until someone gives you their credit card, 
Mm, the transaction is non-existent, right? Like you can come <laughs> up with some great things. And I too have had to cancel things where I'm like, you know what? It's not viable for me to go to Perth because of X, Y, and Z. Mm. It's not like you all said to 200 of you were like, yeah, this would be great. And then like five of you bought, you know, like it's like, again, <laughs> until that credit card is out, it is not ever formalized. Oh, I'm glad it's not just me. I'm like, everyone's like, come here, come here. And then I'm like, well, did you buy? And they're like, oh, that was canceled. I'm like, did you buy a ticket? No one else bought a ticket. Whereas then other areas, like, as I said, the rural areas, like Bendigo sold out in a week and we had a wait list of 50 people. And you've just got to, and that's the biggest thing for me is like, because people are like, oh, you need to go to this area. That'll be really good for your business. And I'm like, yeah, but there's no mums there that are really, like they're sort of, like for Sydney, for example, people are like, you really need to go to Sydney because that's really good for business. And we've done a couple of Sydney events, which have been great, but we had 20 mums come, whereas I do events in Ballarat and I get 300 mums come. So yeah. I really want to go where the need is, not where it makes sense from a business. And I think, again, too, Sydney, it's a city. Yeah. There's probably however many other mum events potentially going on, right? Oh, Whereas, totally. like you said, in those rural areas, yeah. which kind of leads me to my last question for you. Well, one of my last questions is what's your big plans for 2020? I know you've talked about rural mm-hmm. a few times. Is is that where you're going for 2020, even more so than what you're already doing? Yeah, I think that's my my real heart and also my husband. So my husband's a country boy. So this really presses on his heart as well, just the isolation and the, the suicide rates. So the thing that, um, which is why I'm empowering our ambassadors who are in the cities to really focus on those city events so that I can be released to go out a lot more to these rural events. Um, I know like I'm doing like a Warnable event and a few others and to actually get out to those, yeah, not the city towns because there's so much available for mums in the city, which is great. And that's, I think that's amazing. And I'm not wanting to it's not like I'm wanting to hit that market. I'm wanting to hit a need. So 2020, yeah, focusing more on rural, um, helping a lot of the farmers. I know that I've been contacted by some areas that have been affected by the bushfires and just said, look, I really think that if you came, you could really help the morale of the community. And that just, oh, that just hits me right, right in the heart when people are actually reaching out and saying, I think you can help. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be my focus. And even when, when the baby comes, um, Mark and the boys and the baby will just go on road trips and uh, we'll, I still want to continue doing the events in the rural areas. Obviously, I'll scale back a bit, but uh, we'll just go as a family and, and they can actually see what they do. Like my, my five-year-old calls me the boss of all the mummies. <laughs> He's adorable. He actually stops people in the street and he goes, do you know that this is my mum, mums who whine? She's the boss of all the mummies. <laughs> legendary yeah so just for them to see what we're doing and the impact as well which would be amazing yeah and I I think a nice little transition there with the word impact I'd love for you to share the two stories that you shared with me before we press record in regards to and I don't get teary often my friend (laughs) not often but I'd love for you to share the stories and the impact you've had with the rural areas with your Melbourne Cup event Oh, yeah. So we um, we ran a an event called Thank a Farmer, which actually came about, oh, now I'm going to get teary. It came about a mum in a rural area contacted me and said, um, we would, I know you do a lot of city events, but would you come to rural because we've had three suicides in our community and I think that you could make a difference. And that, oh, that just hit me. I'm like, yes, I'm coming. So we went and did an event there. And then what I realised is, 
I just want to help these farming communities that are really, really doing it tough. Um, they're horrible circumstances at the moment. So uh, in the middle of this year, we ran an event for farming mums and then farming dads and they were nominated and we got sponsors and we brought them to Melbourne for an all-expense-paid weekend. We took them to the footy uh, in a corporate suite and we took them out for dinner in a limo ride around Melbourne. And then later this year, we actually brought eight farming couples from all around Australia and brought them to Melbourne and we took them out to Melbourne Cup in an elevated marquee on trackside at the Melbourne Cup, which was um, we had an incredible sponsor, Ian Urquhart and um, Condor Corporate Leisure, um, which was their marquee and gave them an, yeah, an all-expense-paid experience at the Melbourne Cup that they could share together as a couple. And they, you know, had a hotel for two nights and they could just spend some time together. One of them said that they'd never been off the farm. Wow. Yeah, they'd never been off the farm. They'd never been on a holiday. And that is, like, so crazy. Yeah. And so, and they just, and I get up and, you know, Mark and I get up and share and just say, look, we just we know that you guys are doing it tough and we don't we won't we don't want you to think that you're forgotten and you know these suicide is the number one killer in men in farmers that doubles because they have so much financial strain they honestly they're driving themselves into trees because they want their family to get their life insurance policy it's it's just absolutely absolutely devastating so we really feel that obviously you can raise money and you can give them money, but if you can take them out of their environment and just lavish them and make them feel valued and honoured and and loved, they they just said it was life changing for them. So that's another thing we're really wanting to do more events like that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. So again, for all of you that are out there thinking you can't make an impact, you can change anyone's lives, one person. You know, one person is all it takes to make the world a better place, really. So now with where where can people learn more about you or connect with you, Lauren? Yeah, so uh, we've got our website, so www.mumswhowine.com.au. We're about to do a full relaunch for our website, which is exciting. And then Instagram is mumswhowine underscore au and Facebook is just mumswhowine. Fantastic. And my final question is, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Oh, people, (laughs) yeah, I think what you were saying before, until you see the credit card come out, like people are fickle, like they are amazing and that they'll they'll support you with their words, but sometimes they, I think they're a bit, what's the word, non-committal. Yes, yeah, yes, that is. (laughs) So I thought that, um, yeah, I thought that it would be, like it's it's obviously grown exponentially, but the membership side of it, like, you know, the it is incredible value. And I think a lot of the mums are like, oh, I don't know if I want to commit. Yeah, they're non-committal. Yeah. So um, but and and I think the biggest thing I actually um someone asked me this the other day is that it's okay to kind of stand up and own your successes. I've been so worried about being someone of, um, I always said I wanted to be someone of stature, not status. And I think for a large part of particularly this year, I've kind of pushed um, 
you know, and people go, oh, it's going so well. I try and downplay, oh, no, but, you know, it's blah, 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 and actually stand up and own it and go, you know what, yeah, this is pretty great what I've created and I'm proud of it and that doesn't make me arrogant. That just makes me proud of my achievements. And I think, like you said, it's a very lonely, isolating thing when you're working basically for yourself. Mm-hmm. So to give yourself a pat on the back and say, good on you, Lauren, you're doing a good job, I think it's needed. Yeah, 100%. Again, celebrating any win, small or big, yeah. is so important. It's like you said, and again, we just downplay it. Oh, no, it's not that big a deal. But again, own it, step into it. Don't be afraid to play big in, you know, so, so awesome. And before yeah. we sign off, I just want to remind you, our listeners out there, that we'll have all those links uh, definitely in our show notes and that my team and I will be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And as I mentioned earlier in my intro, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it, especially on your Instagram stories and tagging myself at Angela Henderson Consulting or also Lauren at mums of wine underscore au on instagram we would love that it would you guys would make our day i'd also love if you haven't already subscribed to the business and life conversations podcast to please do so and also if you could leave a review i would really really appreciate that thanks again lauren for being on the show today and for the rest of you have a a fabulous day no matter where you are in the world and i look forward to you joining me next week for another amazing episode of the business and life conversations podcast thanks again lauren thank you Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, www.angelahenderson.com.au.